You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. It's good and motivates you to begin to take your next steps with him. In Matthew 2, we have a king, and his name is Herod. I'm going to jump straight in. We have King Herod. King Herod is a half-blooded king. He's not a full-blooded king. It says Herod secretly summoned spiritual priests. Everybody say wise men. Wise men or astrologers, not astrology as in Cancer and Capricorn and that stuff. That is not what this is. They knew the stars. They were scientists. They were educated men. They were priests. So they come from the east to ascertain or determine the exact time that the star first appeared. And he told them, go to Bethlehem and carefully look for the child. Who are they looking for? Jesus. And when you found him, report to me so that I can go and bow down and worship him too. And on their way to Bethlehem, the same star they had seen in the east suddenly reappeared. Amazed, they watched, and as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, it says they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. When they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they fell to the ground and worshipped him. It says they fell to the ground at his feet. Then they opened treasure chests full of gifts presented with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And afterward, they returned to their own country by another route because God warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. Now, the kingship of Jesus, last week we talked about the gift of gold. The gift of gold is to symbolize the kingship of Jesus. Okay? Everybody say, Jesus is king. The kingship of Jesus exposes our hearts. King Herod is secretly meeting with the Magi, wanting to know where baby Jesus is. The Magi, or the wise men from the east, which, by the way, it wasn't just three. It was a whole, it was a whole squad. And that's why when they rolled up, Herod was so scared. So anyway, so the kingship of Jesus exposes our hearts. The Bible says that Jesus draws all men onto himself. All men, all women, if that helps you. All men onto himself. But King Herod is worried about the birth of Jesus because it threatens him. Have you ever thought, why in the world does a little bitty baby threaten an adult man? Have you been around a baby? Are you scared of that baby? Is that baby just going to like flip on a dime and body slam you? Is that baby going to choke slam you through a table? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Baby Jesus, I'm curious. No, I'm just kidding. But the thing is, why is he so afraid of a baby? But he's a baby. Goo goo ga 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 ga. He didn't come out speaking, yo, word of God. He didn't come out. He just came out. He's, he's, remember, Jesus was fully God, fully man. Right? He's still a baby. Right? So here's the deal. I'll give you a little background. King Herod was such a paranoid, evil guy. He murdered his wife. He murdered, murdered his two brothers. He would do anything to secure his kingdom. He was an insecure, jealous person. Do you know anybody jealous and insecure? Have you ever been jealous and insecure? I bet you have. King Herod is super jealous and insecure. He's not confident. 
He's not confident in his kingship. He's threatened by a baby. In fact, he actually married nine different women just to, just to fulfill his lusts and because he wanted to strengthen himself politically. A lot of times people tend to surround themselves with friends and things and distractions because it's comfort. I know a lot of people that depression is comfort to them. It's so comfortable. It's such a familiar place that anything outside of that is scary. Why do, I've seen people stay in abusive relationships. Why? Because they're more scared of the unknown than of what they currently know. It, even though the known is bad and the known is scary and terrible, they'd rather stay there because it's familiar to them. Herod is drawn. His heart is exposed because he's threatened. See, the wise men are not threatened. They're drawn to worship Jesus. Question, in this time, are you threatened? Here's the thing. Last week, we talked about Jesus is king. And I'm going to tell you right now, in the room, some people are threatened by the idea that somebody else is, that could be king or lord over their life. You might be scared to go, okay, Jesus, I'm going to make you lord and king of my life, lord and leader of my life. That's scary because... I want to hold on to what I'm familiar to. I want to hold on to what's safe. I want to stay where it's nice, warm, fuzzy, and cozy in this blanket of whatever it is I currently have, even though God has something better on the other side. Am I making sense? But the wise men are drawn to worship him. So question, you need to ask yourself, who are you threatened by? And some of you guys in the room, you have such a grace and anointing you have such a grace and an anointing on your life that other people around you are threatened by it. And some of you guys don't even know it. You think there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. God, God has made you unique. You're not of this world. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not different. God has set you apart for his purposes. But you have a special anointing. You have a special role that God has just for you. And some people are threatened by that, and they will, they will tear you down. If you're in this room tonight, and you're that person, somebody's tearing you down. People are, the, the people are throwing accusations. In your mind, you're hearing this voice telling you how weird and stupid and all these other things. You're ugly. You're, you're all these lies. That, that's because even the devil is threatened by you. Because if you know who you are in Christ, if you know that you're a son and a daughter and a king and queen in his kingdom, that is the most dangerous thing to the devil because the devil's one role is not to get you to screw up sin and do something uh, sinister. He wants to distract you from God and his plans for you. See, Herod is threatened. He's got plans to rule this kingdom. And Jesus is born and it threatens his kingdom. He's scared. See, the Bible says in Hebrews 4 that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce bone and marrow, able to reveal the innermost thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. So sometimes when you hear a word like I'm giving right now or you're reading the Bible or you hear some worship music or somebody even is representing the goodness of God, you're threatened by it because it suddenly reveals that maybe you're insecure, maybe you're not enough, maybe you're not as good as them but all those things are lies just as well. Am I making sense? Jesus is the word. And by the way, when Jesus comes, because he is the word of God, when he comes and you feel that kind of piercing, ooh. I've been around people. Uh, I'm just going to use Daniel over there as an example. You can be around Daniel and just hear him talk about the Lord. And you, somebody could easily go, man, like, 
I'm not, I'm, I don't walk that close to God. And you can either be drawn to God or you can run from God. I like being around Daniel because when I hear, when we talk about the things of God, I get excited and I like being around Daniel because he brings something that nobody else does, hope. Is that making sense? Guess what? Who can be that? You can. And you might say, Pastor Gerald, that's not me right now. I don't feel like that. You can. See, all I'm trying to do is come in week in and week out and try to break through that barrier. The kingship of Jesus brings unrestrained joy. These wise men are so happy. These guys are so excited. It says they jump and they shout and they have unrestrained joy. If you're a UK fan in here and you paint your body half blue and half white or whatever it is, and you get wild and crazy, or you're a panther, or you're a fox, or you're an eagle, or whatever, or you're a red devil, whatever it is, if you're that type of person that gets super hype, waving your flag, woo! If that's you, that's just an inkling of what unrestrained joy looks like. You can have that. See, these wise men weren't even Jews. They're Gentiles, like us. We're not Jewish. We're not from Israel. We're foreigners. But they knew that the, they knew that the prophesied Messiah, see, God spoke through signs, stars. He spoke through dreams. He spoke through prophecies, things that were spoken thousands of year, years before, hundreds of years before. They knew what those prophecies were, and they, they were coming ready to find a king. And it says when they found him, it says they literally fell. Like, they just like, like flat-faced, pop. They didn't go, oh, baby Jesus, I come bringing a gift of holy gift upon you. They didn't do that. You know, that's what everybody sees when you see the nativity. It's like, oh, here's a gift. It says they fell. Bam. Coming into the presence of Jesus, you might end up on your face. And that's okay. But they had unrestrained joy. They came and they worshiped him. The presence of God, the presence of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will bring you to your knees, face-to-face -face with the floor. They didn't have to, I remember I was in the Baptist church for many years, and you couldn't lift your hands up. And then some people are afraid to sing. What are they going to think? Unrestrained joy. You catch me at church, I'm jumping, I'm shouting, I'm kicking. I don't even know what's going to happen, but if you were to see me 10 years ago, that wasn't me. Unrestrained joy. When you know you're in the presence of God, when Jesus, you have that revelation of how awesome he is, you will have that same kind of joy. You can have that. Pastor Earl, that sounds impossible. You don't know what I'm going through. Yo, I walked in middle school and high school. I know it can be tough. I'm not one of those adults that says, you have nothing to worry about. I know it's tough. Jesus has come to give hope and give you joy. Unrestrained joy where you hold nothing back. That's the problem. Herod's holding back his kingdom. What are you holding back from Jesus? Maybe he's asking you to stop holding back, stop holding so tightly to things and just let go. Like the Elsa song. Just let it go. It's scary. I don't want to let it go because I need whatever that is. No, you don't. Let it go. What if you let go of something that God's asking you to do and God gave you something better? What if? You got nothing to lose. Some of you guys got something you're holding on to. It's not worth holding on to. It's probably dead in your hand, and you don't even know it. You just need to let it go. See, the kingship of Jesus will bring you to your knees. We must humble ourselves, right? 
You know, Satan was once an angel. Make sure I'm good on time. Satan was once an angel, right? And the problem with him is that he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be worshipped like God. Hmm. We live in a culture that loves to worship itself. Selfies. TikToks. I'm not saying all. I'm not saying it's bad. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just saying we live in a culture where we want to be influencers. We want a following. How many followers do I got this week? You're checking it every day. Do I got new followers? How many likes do I have? You got to be careful because, like Satan himself, that's what he wants. You know, I was watching this video today, and it really struck, struck out to me. It, it really stuck out to me that we basically, all these guys are making so much money, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. He was saying something that really struck me. He said, these companies are, they're all about making money and growing. And he made this comment. I didn't, I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, the earth is inhabited completely. There's no more land to develop. I mean, like, no actual, like, new land you could create. So what they've done is they've, they've literally taken the landscape of our minds and our attention and our focus. And the whole thing is like finding out what we like, targeting ads to us to get our attention and keep everything on ourself, everything focused on staying online, looking videos. We're so distracted. That's all we see. You might be on your phone late at night when you go home and you're just, the first thing you do, YouTube shorts. You're just watching. TikTok, just keep going. Just watching, huh? Just keep, and the next thing you know, five hours has passed. You know that's your life. I'm an adult, and I've I've found myself like, why am I doing this? I'm done. I've been on here an hour. I'm I'm out. Pastor, what's this got to do with Jesus? Everything, because Satan, Satan will say Jesus is the Son of God. Satan will say that he's even the Messiah. Why else do you think he tried to stop him from going to stop his birth? And get him killed. Why else do you think he tried to stop him from going to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane? Is because Jesus Christ, by his death, burial, and resurrection, he's literally restored us in right relationship with God forever. There's a longing you have in your heart. Something to fulfill you and complete you and satisfy you. You're only going to be satisfied when you begin to long for God. Satan will say that Jesus is the Son of God, but he will not bow his knee to him because Satan wants to be worshipped himself. He will not bow his knee. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to bow your heads. We're going to come back to this after squats. But I want you to ask yourself a question. If Jesus is king, and he is, Jesus is a rey. Jesus is king. If he's king, will you bow your knee to him? It's a tough question. Will you bow your knee to him? And I don't mean your physical knee. I mean, will you bow your knee? Will you bow? Your choices and your decisions. 
Will you begin to filter them through what the Word of God says? Will you begin to ask him, hey, what do you think about dating that person? If you'll just begin to bow your knee and let him be king, you might be surprised. You might be totally surprised that he has something so much better than the thing you're holding on to. The thing that threatens you the most, Jesus is wanting to set you free from. Oh, I need my phone. Don't take it away. Don't take away my social media. Don't take away this. Don't take away that. Some of you laugh, because, but it's true. You, I've seen people get so mad and throw fits because they didn't have their phone. Will you bow your knee to Jesus? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Will you bow your knee to him? That's what we're going to talk about. Heavenly Father, as we go into squads, pray, Lord, that you would bless this time. Bless this time, Lord. Speak to us. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. Get to the innermost thoughts and intentions of our hearts. I pray, Lord, that we would come to a place of liberty and freedom that just says we accept. We just believe and we accept what Jesus says. In Jesus' name. Amen.